Hello listeners and welcome to the Afriwetu podcast where we look to celebrate African history and culture by telling our story. One of the things that is important to Afriwetu is the story of our legends and their importance in light of how we understand their impact on our story then and now. So today we have a legends show, which also means that it is a guest narrator show and we are recording from location mm. as I go to the ends of the continent just for <laughs> you, just for you to get you the best. I mean, and here we are welcoming back one of my dear friends, Mr. Amani Maranga. There you go. <laughs> applause, 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 applause. Can I finish? Can yes, I finish? Okay. Finish. So Amani is a very good friend of Afriwetu from the get-go. And also, 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 he agreed to narrate a story that I loved. Okay, to be honest, I say that a lot. And I know I've said that a lot, but I'm going to say that a lot again. But it was the story of my ancestors, Ndahura and Isaza. Ndahura. Ndahura. So dramatic. (laughs) Of the Vachwezi dynasty. That was series one, episode 15. You see, I remember these things. Nice. Please go check it out. Yes, so, please go check it out because <laughs> the voice is incredible. Anywho, welcome back, Amani. <laughs> please Thank say you. hello to our Afriwatu. All right, I will in just a second. <laughs> Yo. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are. Welcome to Afriwetu, the <laughs> Diani edition. The Diani edition. I like that. Diani the Diani edition. Yes, yeah. yes. What's up, people? How are you doing? Uh, my name is Amani. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Mona, for coming to The Ends. The Ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the beautiful lands. They are beautiful. Yeah. People this is, this visit Diani. This area yes. is a happy ending. It's a happy ending. Yeah. I'm not even going to <laughs> go any further. This is a PG show. <laughs> PG. And it's the end. Uh-huh. But it's a happy place. But it's a happy place. It really happy, is actually a happy, happy place. Happy ending. Yes, mm. it really is a that, happy that's place. That's what I'm calling my house from today. A happy ending. Mm. Okay. So. Mm. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I actually wanted you to do something, which is what you did the last time, okay. which is mm-hmm. just, do you want to give a teaser about the tale you're going to read before I kind of like do a few fun facts? Oh, all right. Okay. Um, let me see. Let me see. It doesn't no. have to be anything dramatic. You know, just let's, let's, let's see. I have to try and create some... Some excitement. Some excitement. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Let's see if this works. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear the story of Sundiata Keita. And as I said, Sundiata, you think it's a coward. When data, or Tidata, Sundiata. But no, he is a legend from Mali. In this story, you will hear of treachery. You'll also hear about 
wisdom, counsels and governance. And at the end, you'll hear of tragedy and mystery. Sundiata, why you by any chance come I don't so because this is obviously not a Kenyan show, it is yeah. an African, some listeners might not know who Kamba is. So let me explain. Yes, please. Sundiata just sounds like uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right, maybe it was sound here. But uh, there is a tribe in Kenya yes. called the Wakamba. Okay. They were known to be long distance traders. Yes, this is true. And uh, the Wakamba mm-hmm. speak in um Sing songy. Sing songy way. Yes. Um, uh, I was about to try and no, it won't work. But the, 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 the name Sundiata could easily be a Kamba, our Kamba name. Do you see how cool that is? Yeah. That we are truly so like almost one peoples. And yeah. who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So knows, in Kamba, like when, when you're asking someone what do you, what, what do you want? Yes. You say one data. Ah, there you go. Right. Or how was your day? Or you know, what in data? Oh. And so Sundiata could just be like Sundi. Did you come very soon, Sundiata? Okay, I'm joking. Okay, I'm going to do a few fun facts. I'm going to, yeah, because you've gone into a whole other. Right. So before I hand over to you officially for the story about Sundiata Keita, the Lion King, Mm. I just wanted to share a few fun facts about Mali. All right. So it is a home to the Bambara, Fulani, Sonike, Malinke, who many of you know as the Mandingo, Dongon, and Tuareg, as well as many other peoples. It is rich in culture and has produced some of the best art in the world, as well as some of the best music and musicians, like the amazing Salif Keita, Balake Siso, Grammy Award winner who plays the ancient Kora, Babuka Trarore, I'm sure I've pronounced that wrong. And then we also all know about the blues genre in America. Mm-hmm. And we also all know that that genre originated from Africa. Blues in itself is a major influence on rock and roll, jazz, R&B, which in themselves have influenced all popular music to this day. So basically, how cool is it that that is all still originated in African music? And Malian music is a very good place to start. Mali also has 13 national languages. And then moving clockwise, it is bordered by Algeria in the north, then Niger, Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Guinea, Senegal, and Mauritania. It is one of the largest countries in West Africa. It is home to Timbuktu, which is one of the most famous cities in the world then and now. The Great Mosque of Genet is one of the continent's most notable landmarks. Mm-hmm. It's actually a UNESCO heritage site. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And of course, my favorite thing about the Mali uh, country, as well as peoples, is the Griot, or as they're known in Mali, the Jeoli. I'm also sure I've mispronounced that. Um, And before I hand it over to you officially, please, 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 people, quick plug, listen to series two, episodes 11 and 12, because you'll learn more about Malian Empire history. And now, over to you. All right, are we just going to go over the fact that you just passed by Mandingo, just like as if it did not exist. Read the story first. We'll we'll come back to it. Flew over Mandingo. We'll come back to it. I promise. We'll come back to it. My goodness.
Alright, so people, the epic of Sundiata Keita is an oral tale, a poem that celebrates the life of the founder of the 13th century Mali Empire of West Africa. It is passed down from generation to generation of Jauli, or more commonly known as a griot, the keeper of history. It is told by Mandingo speakers. I can't get past it. <laughs> it is told by Mandingo speakers who can be found from the modern African nation states of Burkina Faso, Gambia, Guinea, Mali, and Senegal, to name a few. So who was Sundiata Keita? He was a man who laid the foundation for a powerful and wealthy African empire, the Mali Empire. He reigned from AD 1235 to AD 1255. Sundiata Keita was born early in the 13th century to a noble family within the Malinke people. So let me tell you how it all started. began with a prophecy made to Nare Makan Konate, who also was called Makan Konfata or Magan the Handsome, how full of himself, who was the Mandinga king. One day, he received a group of hunters from a foreign land at his court. These were no ordinary hunters. They were soothsayers and they tell Magan Konfata the handsome one, that he will have a glorious and mighty son who would become a great ruler. He was pleased because Magan had already married to the beautiful Susuma Berete, who was to have a son, Dankaran Tumani Keita. But nope, it was not that easy. This hunter said that the catch was that he had to marry an ugly woman. Who would become the mother of his son? So let's just get it straight. The handsome one would have to marry the ugly woman for him to get a son who's going to be his ruler. Oh, his heir, the ruler. It's always a catch. Anyway, years passed by and then two Traore hunters from the Do kingdom presented him with an ugly hunchbacked woman with bulgy eyes named Sogolon. Even the name. He remembers the prophecy and married her. And sure enough, she gives birth to a son, our hero, Sundiata Keita. So, Magan Konfata was very excited about this birth for this great son who will succeed him. But young Sundiata is not what he expected. Like I said, his head is too large for his body. He is also unable to walk, which is a huge hindrance for a civilization that favored able-bodied men. Thinking that the prophecy has yet to be fulfilled, Magan Konfata impregnates Sogolon Keju again. This time, she bears him a daughter. Although disappointed in Sundiata, 
Magan Confata appoints his lame son as his heir and even grant him down his own Jolly, who was the son of the king's own Jelu. Well, however, his death happens, Magan Confata, circa 2024. And in steps, the evil stepmother, Sasuma Berete, who spreads rumors and seeds of rebellion against her late husband's wishes, leading the Royal Council of Mali to overrule Nare Magan's request. And they named Dankaran Tumani, remember the first one that was born, as ruler with Sasuma to act as queen regent for the underaged prince. She uses this power to continually humiliate both Sogolon Keju and Sundiata, who suffered the scorn of the new king and his mother. And after an insult against Sogolon, Sundiata requested that the blacksmith Nonfari make him a special, special iron rods to aid him. See, a man must protect his mother. So one day, after yet another attack by Sasuma, cruelly berating Sogolon because her lame son cannot fetch some leaves off the barbab tree, the angry Sokolon strikes her son in frustration. Spurred into action by his mother's despair, Sundiata sends from the magical iron rod that had been waiting for just this occasion, lifting himself and walking for the first time. He goes on and plucks an entire baobab tree from the earth and brings it to his mother. And from that day on, he then went on to display incredible strength. Now, Sasuma Perete, who sees Sundiata's growing strength and popularity as a threat to her own son, plots against him. She actually tries to get nine witches of Mali to destroy Sundiata. It is at this stage that Sogolon Kejo decides it's about time to get the out of here. And so she leaves Mali. For years they traveled from kingdom to kingdom in exile. And Sundiata learns of new peoples and customs while impressing most people he meets. I mean, anyone with a big head would be impressive, right? They finally settle to the kingdom of Mema, where Musa Tunkara helps raise Sundiata and he becomes the adopted son and heir apparent to the ruler. But while things are going well for Sundiata, the growing power of Sumaro Kante, the ruler of the Soso Empire, overwhelms his home. He makes the weak Dankaran Tuman his vassal, oppresses the people, and takes hostage Bala Faseke, who was Sundiata's griot, and his half sister Nana Triban. The elders back at home remember the prophecy of the great king of the lands and they set out to get Sundiata back home because they need someone to lead the rebellion. Finally, take back power where it belongs. Yes, they were successful in convincing him to return and Sundiata was able to unify the demanding people and the revolt against the Soso Empire. His war efforts were also greatly boosted by Fokoli Koroma, another great hero, a hero of the Mali Empire. By circa 1235, during the famed Battle of Kirina, Sumaru Kante's army was defeated, but even then Sundiata cannot harm the Sosora king because the latter has magical protection. Sundiata, however, 
crafts a magical arrow and during the last of the battles he manages to pierce Sumaoro with the arrow and the sorcerer king loses his power. This forces the evil king to retreat and it is said he runs to the Kulikoro mountains. But Sundiata, together with Wakoli, who happens to be Sumaro's nephew, and he had gone against his uncle for stealing his wife, but that's a story for another day, go in pursuit and finally corner Sumaro in the caves, forcing the final defeat. With this loss came the end of his reign and marked the beginning of a new Mali empire under the Lion King. Sundiata then truly reclaimed the rightfully accolades and lived up to the meaning of his name. That roar. The Lion King. As one of his first acts in power, Sundiata rebuilds the then destroyed city of Niani near the Sankarini River and made it his new capital which then became a hub for African and foreign trade. Under him, the Mali Empire grew from strength to strength, dominating the region, having control over the most profitable trade routes across the Trans-Saharan region, and also leveraging on its access to the rich gold and copper resources. Sundiata was not only a formidable commander in the battlefield, but he was also a shrewd administrator. He commissioned the assembly of the nobles to create the oral constitution known as the Kurukan Fuga, also known as the Manden Charter, the constitution of the Mali Empire. Under this constitution, which we will later learn that is still recognized till today, the Bara or Great Assembly, which served as its deliberative body of the Mali Empire, was established. The various clans under the empire's rule had representatives in this assembly and they provided advice to the ruler on various matters of state. In other words, the Mali Empire may be considered to be a constitutional monarchy long before this idea was even conceived across the globe. He died in 1255 from an unclear cause. Now some believe he was killed in an accident. But let's talk about the legacy of the Lion King. You see, the Mali Empire under him created one of the very first charters of human rights. The Kurukan Fuga, or the Manden Charter that we talked about earlier, an oral rather than written charter, has been passed down by generations of Malinke. It speaks about peace within a diverse nation, the abolition of slavery, education, food security, amongst others. In fact, to quote UNESCO, the Charter, one of the oldest constitutions in the world, albeit mainly in oral form, contains a preamble of seven chapters advocating social peace in diversity, the inviolability of the human being, education, the integrity of the motherland, food security, and the abolition of slavery by razia, which are raids, and the freedom of expression and trade. Besides the Manden Charter, the empire Sundiata founded became one of the richest in the world. His administration and military work allowed the empire to survive through the 16th century, 
solidifying him, his empire and his family into the imaginations of storytellers around the world. Fun fact, Keita's most famous descendant, Mansa Musa, dazzled the world and on his lavish pilgrimage east, leading to everyone talking then and now about him and the famed city of Timbuktu, whose streets were paved with gold. What do we say? The epic of Sundiata has been the subject of much scholarly discussion, and the oral evidence of ancient Mali is key as our knowledge of 13th century Malian history is in large part derived from the Sundiata tradition. Although Western historians have traditionally given preference to written records, oral traditions, including the epic of Sundiata, have recently gained recognition as important demonstrations of Africa's rich cultural heritage and as legitimate literary constructions. And as a result, probably one of the best things about this legend is that today the epic of Sundiata is an integral part of Mandi culture and has become part of history lessons in primary schools in Mali, the Gambia, Senegal, and Guinea. And also, we now know where to find the mandingo. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Amani. I know you really want to talk about the mandingo. Why are you putting that sound effect? <laughs> oh, because I just thought the mandingo might need a tradition or something. Okay. Go Thank ahead. you very much, Amani. Yes, you're welcome. I know you're really trying to to be uh, careful about what you say about the mandingo. Well done. Um, I tried. You really did try. You really mm. did try. Mm-hmm. So just a very quick thing. Throughout this, I did throw in man- malinke, manding, mandingo, mande, and the reason why I used all those different forms of calling the Malinkes because I, I didn't want to offend any of our Malian people from that area because they do call them by very many different names. Oh, yes, I didn't know that. For starters, yes. yes I yes. really want to I go to Mali now. Things. By the way, let me tell you something. That's mm-hmm. one of the places I really want to go. Anyway, before we go there, okay. favorite part about this story? Apart from the big head. Apart from the big head, please. Let's let's be serious. And apart from Mandingo. Just, apart from just the, the big head and I can, Mandingo. I can say Mandingo like a few times without... It being, you know, Mandingo. Yes, apart from those two things. You know, my favorite part of this story mm-hmm. is the governance structure that he set up. That the fact that the guy had the forethought to put together a constitution and then put together a governance structure where he has representation of his people mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, put together a council just like the Greeks and the Romans did. Yep. That, that that's that's big and did this before anybody else was doing it across the globe (laughs) like seriously we tend to forget that Africans please Sundiata was here Sundiata was here Uh, every time there's a constitution someone should just put a graffiti Sundiata was Was here was here W-O-Z what was your favorite part oh wow oh good one no guest narrators ever asked me um I think my favorite part was the fact of how he how he overcame the odds because mm. he was 
I mean, it's a typical. It's almost like those that quintessential stepmother, evil stepmother mm. story, mm. etc. And the fact that his his mother was like, you know what, this is not going to work for my child. I'm leaving, and then took him away from that situation. Which, which seems to be like a blessing in this guy's, because that's where he it got really some was. education. It really know? was, because yeah. then, and I think that's why it made it easier for when building the empire, because he had a lot mm. more knowledge of mm. the people around. That's true. Um, and that he came back triumphantly. Mm really and truly and i also love the fact that you know he was the lion king which has zero relation to the disney movie please people it has zero 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 relation but this is like the origin yeah no it didn't (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah that was my favorite bit just the overcoming adversity okay let's talk about timbuktu so timbuktu so what happened is uh after mansa musa Actually, not just okay. After Mansa Musa, in particular, um, this man crossed from where Mali is all the way across to Cairo to then cross over to to Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. to Mecca mm. for his pilgrimage. Mm. And across the route, he just dropped gold, dropped gold like it was sand, truly, wow. and actually affected the price of gold across the continent. So his stories were famed, and then. As usual, the Europeans heard about it and decided that they need to track down Timbuktu. In fact, there was actually a reward for whoever was the first person to find Timbuktu because now the fable was that it was streets paved with gold. Mm. Um, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but what it was was one of the most important... Uh, Timbuktu, Janay, and Ga were one of the most important trading centers across the African continent, especially that Sahel region. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just became famous because of that. Um, but it was outside of just being that it was also historically such a, such a, a bastion of education, civilization, all of those things put together, you know, African excellence at its best. Um, and from then till now, movies, songs, poems, everything. It has influenced every genre when it comes to talking about Timbuktu. So I think it's one of my favorite places, which yeah, is on my list, my bucket I, I, list. I really hope they have t-shirts for I've been to Timbuktu. I know, right? Like, like they, I really hope. I was here. I was here, Timbuktu. Because, <laughs> I mean, from here to Timbuktu, I, you know, that the saying. And there you go. I want to go. I want to go. And post a picture. Yes. I really was in Timbuktu. I, like, for real, for you real. can't <laughs> tell me nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Nothing. But yes, yeah, so that's that's Timbuktu. But as I say, people should listen to, you know, the previous two episodes that talks a little bit more about Timbuktu and the empire itself. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Well done on turning that around. This is what happens when you have friends who do their own podcasts, honestly. <laughs> they switch it on you. Uh-huh. Well, I'm done. Thank you for having me. Ah, that was and really good. letting me tell the story of my would you like to tell us a little bit more about you and what people can do to follow you? What it is you do? What do you do? That's a good question. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> During the day or at night? During the day. I'm a mandingo warrior. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> During the day, Amani. During the day. That's during the day. So imagine at night. So uh-huh. my name is Amani. Um, I'm a communicator. Mm-hmm. I'm a podcaster. Mm-hmm. I'm an MC. Mm-hmm. I'm a moderator. Mm-hmm. I'm a certified mediator. Well done. Um, but everything I do is around one thing. It's Which around is? communication. Yeah. Um, I hope to use communication to either create 
create cultures in institutions and that's why I do a lot of internal communication work. Yeah. And that's just to help organizations figure out how how best to communicate within the business. Uh-huh. Um I love 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 to be asking questions and moderating panels and doing my podcast cuz I ask questions. I love to train cuz I ask questions. Um so yeah, that's what I do. And for those of you who don't know and if you don't know, I don't know why you don't know, but when he played a little this that one. Yes. So what about this? This like so this the most funky tune that any podcast ever had. Yeah, this is this is this is a theme tune for um Living Truthfully. So those of you who've literally just tuned in, you, don't be confused. This is actually Africa too, where I allow men and women <laughs> <laughs> to come onto my podcast, but uh people and like shamelessly promote themselves. <laughs> and shamelessly promote themselves but you know what can you do with your friends really and truly honestly but yeah. yes please 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 so please, yes, please I do a podcast called Living Truthfully mm-hmm. uh, find it on any of your podcasting channels mm-hmm. we are also on Nation Audio even on this podcast platform oh, yeah, you're listening to what, what yeah. podcast? whichever one they're listening to oh, yeah, this, this, this is one. everywhere yeah, oh, that's true <laughs> yeah. so here just get out of a freeway too <laughs> go find Living Truthfully do yourself a favor <laughs> Okay, I'm joking. No, seriously, go and find it because yeah. even as a an African woman, I find it very interesting because what is it about again? Well, it's authentic conversations mm-hmm. uh, by African men. Yeah. Um, just about life. Yeah. We, we uh, What I decided to do, for me, it was a safe space for me to express stuff I was going through or stuff I wanted to share. Yeah. Not necessarily going through, I wanted to share thoughts Yeah. that I didn't feel I was allowed to. So okay. I created the space too. Yeah. And as a result, it became a space that other men uh, shared their thoughts um, in a honest, authentic, carefree manner. Thousands of listeners. He's also an award-winning podcaster, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know people, people. I know people. Mm-hmm. Grateful to have the opportunity to do Living Truthfully. I do. I do think it's one of my best podcasts. To be oh, fair, thank you. To be fair, honestly, thank you very much. And it's very just, kind. I know, I am. And pretty. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Just why? Anyway, because anyway. you're pretty. <sighs> I'm about to sign off <laughs> from location. All right, and then we can discuss how pretty you are. No, we're not going to discuss how pretty I am. We're just going to sign off nicely. Right, so what I want to say is that please, please, please tune in to Living Truthfully. People can follow you. you at Mar- Amani Maranga. At Amani Maranga on all social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. But Living Truthfully also has uh, its own Twitter uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram mm-hmm. uh, handles. On Instagram, it's Living Truthfully, the podcast. On Twitter, it's Living without the G. Living truthfully. Okay. The podcast. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yes. Even you women, go and listen to it. It's very insightful. Yeah, especially women. Yeah, because you have a lot of women followers. I do. Really? <laughs> I have, I have like maybe a 50%, 50-50, female following. That's actually pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool. Be- but it also tells you that there was a need for those conversations to happen. Yeah, and, honestly. I, and I think some of the things we have to say as guys now, like, I'm being serious, like, some yeah. of the things we have to say as guys, it's very encouraging for men to hear other men, Yeah. which is great. 
uh, voice the things that we want to say. Yeah. But it's even better for women to hear it in an unthreatening way when you're not yeah. in an argument. Yeah. But just listening to two guys having a conversation. This is true. Mm. This is true. So uh, go listen. Go listen. Um and please keep listening to Afri Retro as well. Yeah. I mean you get to hear about Mandingo warriors. Yeah. So that you can learn about your ancient African Mandingo history. Warriors people, cultures, folklore and legends. Ooh, yes. Anywho, <laughs> I'd like to say again thank you very much Amani for indulging me. You're welcome. Um, and thank you for coming all the way to the happy ends of ending. The ends, ends of the world. <laughs> ends of the world. Thank you all for tuning in and until next time, mubarikiwe. Mubarikiwe.